It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. I almost said Taxi's Quarantini Happy Hour, but no, that's tomorrow. Today, we have special guest, Greg Carosa. And we are doing I Thought My Music Was Great at the Time. And Greg volunteered for this. What a chump. <laughs> Thanks. No, actually, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure you asked. I think you asked me, Michael. I, don't I did. I asked you. You were in the chat room, and I said, "Hey, Greg, I've got an idea." And you went, "Yeah, I'll do it." Um, anyway, and I'm really glad that you did. So uh, I'll say hi to everybody in the chat room in a moment. But the premise behind today's show is that for 20, the 29 years I've been running taxi. People often say to me, oh, I can't believe the screeners didn't forward that. It was great. Um, I want to make sure you guys are seeing me, right? Hi, Michael and Greg. Okay, yeah, you're, they're seeing me. Uh, so people say, I can't believe the screener didn't forward that. It was great. And then two or three or four years later on our forum or somewhere, they'll go, oh, yeah, I was so awful my first year at Taxi. I can't believe it. But they never really go that public with it. So I said I wanted to do a show about this. I said, hey, Greg, would you send me some of your earlier stuff? And, and I got it. I just told Greg 30 seconds before we went live that when I opened the playlist last week, I went, this isn't bad enough. <laughs> Apparently, Greg was better than the average person in his first year at Taxi. He had a lot of experience under his belt. Um, and I've got to say, I listened to stuff and I went, well, this sounds totally pro. My gosh, maybe I can't do this show with Greg. And then I read what the screeners wrote and I went, oh, they're right. So um, it does sound pro, but there are deficiencies that he later made up for. So we're not going to play you the before and after because he took the before version, overdubbed, edited, and corrected and remixed on the early version. So he's only got the new, better, improved version. So what we're going to do is play you something, for instance, like in hip hop that was not good enough to get it forward. And then we'll play you another hip-hop track that he did later that was forwarded, just so that you can hear the difference when he absorbed the, the, the feedback from the screener. And you go, oh, wow, that, make, that makes a big, big difference. So thank you for uh, volunteering under duress to do this. <laughs> anyway. I keep my fingers um, crossed. No, the stuff is real. Even the bad stuff is good. And that's saying something. Yeah. Um, I remember one time I had Chuck Henry, I think it was Chuck Henry, Matt Vanderbilt, and maybe even Stephen Barrett, all three of them on the show, and we played some before and afters from them. And, and some of the stuff was just downright, like, embarrassing, for lack of any better word. It's like, seriously? That, you know, you called that music? <laughs> but they got the last laugh now, didn't they? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, hello. I'm going to say a quick hello to some of you guys. I don't have enough time in this hour to say hello. Oh, Howling Wolf is in there. El Harrison, Ronald Schultz, Jan Weilage, Michael Lehman, Lehman, I mean, Dan Weber, Ken Messford, Andre Stepanian, Marion Laird, Nandissimo, Stu Thaler, Charles Wilson, Jesse J. Peck. Hope you're feeling better and better recovering well, buddy. Um, Desi, hello. A new name to me. Robert L. Songs from a Headband. Ken Horrigan, Carl Horrigan. Um, anyway, hello everybody. Super Blonde, the gang is all here. So let's get started. Um, first of all, I want to give you a very brief bio. Um, 
about Greg, and it's only brief because he wrote it or somebody wrote it and put it on his website. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, I think he's got a lot more stuff to talk about, but you know, uh, he's from the school of let's not brag too much and people will like me better. It's try. Anyway, Greg is a composer, a keyboardist, engineer, and producer with 30 plus years of experience, and it shows. Uh, currently writing instrumental music for TV and film and advertisements as well as co-writing and producing songs. He composes in many styles like pop, EDM, hip-hop, tension, and solo piano. And notable is that he co-wrote and produced the song Will You Be My Girl for Alex B, which has generated over 92 million views on YouTube. That's yeah. that's substantial. Yeah, you know, that, make... that was a huge surprise, but that's just, that, just a track that took off. Yeah. I think that you should only co-write with people who have the, like, Cardi B, Alex B. You know? <laughs> In, initials only, right. Yeah, and B. It's got to be a B. Um, I'll keep that Anyway, in mind. <laughs> uh, so let's get right into it. Once again, we are doing I Thought My Music Was Great at the Time. So I've got to ask you, uh, did you, at the, I mean, clearly you didn't think this is directed I'm sending into Taxi. It was by your estimation wow this is good enough i'm proud of it and you submitted it and yeah is that the case oh absolutely sure i i i thought uh i thought everything that i submitted was uh as good as i could make it uh at the time but that's the that's the key to this whole show is at the time you know it took it took time it took feedback to learn what i was and wasn't doing right um, and so we're going to see throughout all these tracks, you know, the kinds of things that I did wrong and uh, tried to improve on over time. But uh, luckily, like you said, I don't think anything. I think I started out maybe uh, at a point where sonically nothing is bad, you know, so that's a that's a positive. Yeah, stuff does uh, sound good. Yeah. So it really all comes down to, you know, arrangement, composition, that kind of stuff. Um, sound choices things like that. So hopefully that's what we'll we'll get out of it today. You know what I thought as I got like down to the fourth pair of kind of before and afters, I thought to myself, you know, it's not that Greg was bad because his stuff sounds professional. It's you don't know what you don't know until somebody exactly. tells you what you don't know, which, yeah, you just mm -hmm. said, and I just padded for time there by repeating it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, the key that's to the being key. a fan. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's not easy being a talk show host. All right, <laughs> let me get uh, the computer fired up here. Okay, so this first one is called Ace in the Hole, and I'm assuming uh, that it was, because I've listened to this, it was submitted for a hip-hop listing? Okay. Yeah, so this was, I, I think it was specifically asking for something uh, relevant to sports. Mm -hmm. Oh, Okay. All right, so I'm going to play it, and then I'm going to read what uh, Greg was nice enough to include some of the verbiage that the, the screeners gave him in response. So I'll play it. I'll read what the screener wrote. Then I'll play the newer track, which was like the new improved Greg's version of hip-hop. Um, and then I'll go to Greg and get some commentary, and then we'll move on to the next pair of them. So here we go. This is Ace in the Hole.
That's tough to listen to. <laughs> um, well, I, I really, I, I'm not being facetious uh, when I say I'm deeply appreciative that you agreed to do this because, look, anybody who creates anything art-wise, you know, always wants people to go, wow, that's really good. I mean, you'd be a fool if you didn't. So to, you know, kind of um, expose your... your weakest moments it takes a lot of courage so thank you but it did Thanks. sound good it sounded pro and immediately i went why did he send me this stuff it doesn't sound like crap but <laughs> the, it, it doesn't at all but i saw people in the chat room mentioning some of the stuff that the screener said so i will tell you guys now what the screener said um hi greg pleasure listening to your music this morning nice groove and horn melody out of the gate see he agreed, or she, whatever it was, agreed uh, out of the gate. Sounds pro. The stabs, drums, and bass are all solid. The bottom kind of drops out around the 30-second mark. There's nothing wrong with the breakdown, but the re-entry needs to hit with a bang and not a full minute later into the song, into the tune. That was pretty obvious. You know, at first I went, wow, that's a cool breakdown. There shouldn't be a problem with that. And then it's like, okay, it's not a breakdown anymore. It's a completely other cue at this point. It was long. Right. Um, the melody from 30 to 130 is somewhat absent. And what there is could be, could really be more bold and aggressive on every level. All good ideas here, but everything needs to be more pronounced for sports music. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I just at that time I just didn't I didn't know what I was doing. So um, you know, so yeah, it broke down a little. It broke down soon. I repeated that main melody from the beginning too many times. I really should have just stuck with it A B A format, which is you're going to hear more in more of my forward work as we go through. But you know, state that first section, break it down, bring it back bigger. Uh, that's basically what I should have done, but that's not what I did in that. Track. But you didn't know what you didn't know. Yeah, right. Um, it, speaking of things that go nowhere, uh, I was here on Saturday for about eight hours ish. And I decided that I was going to listen to some of the music that the kids today are using to study because I want to be super productive and have a really good eight-hour session at work with nobody bothering me. So at one point, I went to a New Age for Productivity uh, thing on YouTube, and I played it. It was three hours. I'm not exaggerating this one tiny little bit. It was three hours of 541. Just... <laughs> Uh, 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 three hours of the same wow. exact thing. And, and here's the funniest part is I want to say uh, I, I actually emailed somebody about it. It had something ridiculous like 210 million views. Wow. Yeah. So apparently there are a lot of people that don't care when music doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> or maybe they fell asleep to it and didn't turn it off. I don't know. Right. Anyway. I, well, I, it, sometimes it, it's the right thing. Sometimes it's not the right thing. It's not the right thing here. Yeah. yeah. All right. So now we're going to listen to... Oh, Greg, by the way, a couple people asked in chat about what year was this uh, when oh, you did um, Ace in the Hole? Um, wow. Wow. Uh, probably about two and a half years ago, maybe end of 2018-ish or beginning of 2019. Wow. Yeah, 
late 2018, I think. And do you remember about the time span between what we just heard and the newer track that we're going to hear, which is Slam Oh, the Dunk? newer one I did late, like um, probably six months ago, about six months ago. Yeah. All right. So a couple of years apart, mm -hmm. roughly. Okay. All right. This is Slam Dunk. dramatically better like really right. impressive <clears throat> so uh, anything you want to add uh, yeah so I think a lot of the things there to me are obviously different um, first of all that like the main melody that starts at the beginning the overall the pitch is lower and that was kind of something I've learned along the way I didn't get that from the specific feedback on this but I did learn right. that along the way in that um, you know if there's going to be voiceover um, you can't you, you've got to not try to play a melody in the same pitch range as someone's voice so it's going to have to be much higher or lower so in this case it's lower now at the end of course when i'm getting bigger i doubled it with higher octaves and that kind of thing mm -hmm. um but generally you know when the beginning of the track is used and someone is talking that's it's lower the second thing arrangement wise is just what we talked about before which is um I only used that theme at the beginning and at the end had a breakdown in the middle and that was all. And that breakdown, while it lost a lot of low end sonics, the energy kept going throughout where in my first track, I think it gets lost, you know, it kind of just dies. And, um, and that's not what we wanted to do. So I kept that going with some hand claps, that kind of thing. Again, high, high pitched percussive element type of things. And that keeps that energy going. Yeah, you made it. Um, people should remember that this um, 
This would be good for sports highlights stuff, sports in general, um, very gridiron feeling, you know, uh, to it. But you kept the interest there. But I had the thought about halfway through, this is like delightful for an editor. Any video editor cutting picture and needs music. <clears throat> it's like you had three or four different ways that it was interesting in there, yet it all felt like the same piece of music. And that's the goal with the cue. So Right. And then and the big thing is to change up every four bars for certain, uh, to change up what you're doing and and to put in hard edit points and that kind of stuff, which again is good for this type of a thing because it just makes it easy to cut, you know, from one section to the other based on whatever the, you know, whatever yeah. the need is. I mean, in particularly in hip hop, I think they're not even, they don't even care about stating a full musical idea. You know, they'll, they'll cut the song off on beat two, you know, <laughs> then right. it doesn't matter. So, but, so what you need <laughs> to have is the rhythm is, the rhythm is what's strong and um and the, actually the you know melodically it's a little secondary because they'll be able to cut it more easily that way um did you change uh did you have newer libraries sample libraries that you were working with on the second one or was it pretty much the the same range of, of... um no it's definitely some newer things um or i have to say i had access to newer things uh, what i actually used i can't say off the top of my head if I use something newer or not. Um, I'm, I may have, I may have, but I, I may not have to. I'm not sure. <laughs> right. Well, you don't remember every minute of your life. <laughs> no, I, you know, I try, but I, I don't. <laughs> I think it's time for a Prevagen ad. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let's move on. All right, this next one is called Hold Up. Right. And I will read what the screener wrote after we have a listen.
All right. So um, let's see. Who was it that said? Veronica Pellegrini said, hi, Greg. My kids are dancing and saying, I love it. <laughs> so there you go. You've got a fan base. That's right. Um, hi, Veronica. <laughs> and hi, kids. I'll watch my language throughout the rest of the show. Um, <laughs> okay. So the screener said, you did a good job of establishing the groove and the hook. However, the track sounds too empty and doesn't have a compelling hip-hop beat that could set the tone and vibe of the spots we're targeting. So, your thoughts? Anything? Okay. Well, Because um, <laughs> yeah, it sounded I mean, pretty good. A, that's a difficult one, I think. That's a little bit later than my first before track. So, I was, still, I was getting better when I did that one. Um, but um, I guess it was, I mean, it was exactly what it was. Well, I guess without knowing what the listing was asking for specifically, um, this is probably one of those things where it just didn't fit that that listing very well. Mm. Um, that's all I can say about that. I think, um, you know, I mean, the rhythm the rhythm elements might have been a little weak. Maybe they're a little older sounding. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and the tempo was a little fast. Also, I think for for um, you know, this was definitely a current beat, and I and I probably made this a little fast, and I should have I should have made it a slower tempo. I, there are a lot of libraries that would probably take this um, and it would probably get used every now and then, but the standard shouldn't be, it might be good enough. The standard mm -hmm. should be, is it something that's better than most of the stuff that library has been signing recently and what they've been servicing their clients with? So maybe it didn't meet that bar. I don't know. It, it, was, it was pretty darn good. But in the Olympics, or trying to get into Harvard, although now they got rid of standardized testing so I could get into Harvard. But um, <laughs> finally, I wish my mom hadn't passed away so she could see me go to Harvard. Um, anyway, nice. uh, yeah. <laughs> I think one more thing I think I could say about it is uh, yeah. also I think it's more of a laid back feel. The energy level of the whole thing is a bit down. Um, so that again might have been a little. Uh, not what the listing really needed uh, in the end. So like you said, it's, you know, it's probably good enough for certain things. It didn't fit what this, what this particular listing was looking for. And I think that's one of the reasons. This is, I used to do tons of audio posts on sports television back when I lived in New York. Uh, this would be great for the up close and personals when they do the little, oops, let me get rid of that. Um, when they do those little segments, you know, about, and he was the star of the high school football team. Uh, and when they do that moment where, and he's contemplating how long it'll take him to come back after that injury, you could use eight seconds of that for that, but mm -hmm. not for the highlight reel. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so now we're going to listen to Apple Cart Upset. And this one did get signed, mm -hmm. did get forwarded. Um, and let's see.
right. Um, again, lots of comments in the chat room about it. People were definitely liking it better than the first one. Um, somebody asked if, if you made the beats or do you use loops? No, I don't use any loops really. Um, I mean, sometimes I might, I might come across a loop that maybe has some sounds in it that I like, so I might carve it up and, and grab, you know, the kick or the clap or something like that, but usually I don't use any other loops. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't in this one. Um, but I mean, so this is like you can tell than the previous one, um, and the tempo is a bit faster as well, yeah, quite a bit actually. Yeah, so that was kind of a big deal. Um, Stu Thaler wants to know what percentage of your submissions get forwarded. Um, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> it's you know it's slowly been going up, but it's not going up as fast as I want. So probably around uh, about sixty percent. That's pretty darn good. Something like that. Yeah, I get I on it, it, it. There's absolutely no reason for this, but I somehow get on the streaks like I. I get like 14 or 15 in a row forwarded and then I get like seven or eight returned in a row. I, I get big streaks in a row. It's, it's not really meaningful. It just happens to happen. Um, different genres or anything, you know, any contributing factors to that? Not, no, not that I know of. No, I try to, you know, I kind of mix it up now, we're, you know, because we're now going to get into some different genres here and I do different things. So now it's okay. just probably the luck of the draw. All right. Um, now we're going to hear across the board, uh, here we go.
All right, people are going, and that was a return? Um, let's see, where was I? Okay, there we go. Okay, so you got to remember. Whoa, I lost him. Greg, where'd you go? <laughs> I'm sorry, were you offended, Greg? <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Liz, can you call Greg and just tell him to go through the process? Oh, I think he's getting it. There oh, we, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened. You dropped me for a second there. No, I didn't drop you. Uh, I think it was... I dropped the, me. The universe <laughs> dropped you. I, I didn't touch anything. It, it happens sometimes. Just anyway, happened. Anyway, uh, so people, some people are saying, wow, I can't believe that didn't get forwarded. But you have to remember, just because a piece of music is great or strong or wonderful doesn't mean that it fit what the brief asked for, what the listing asked mm -hmm. for. Um and remember, we talked about this on a recent episode. I can't remember if it was a quarantine or a regular taxi TV. And I said, should we have a B list of stuff that that the screeners heard that's good but not on target? And the overwhelming majority of you, which really surprised me, said, no. If, if somebody coined the phrase, if it doesn't fit, then don't submit. And that's <laughs> true. If we have like a B list of this is really good but didn't fit the listing, um, then people just submit everything they can all the time thinking, well, it's really good. They'll, they'll forward it anyway. And, and we can't, sorry to say. Okay, so uh, what the screener said was, track sounds more contemplative and borderline melancholy in the first half of the queue than what is suggested in the listing criteria, being emotionally uplifting for possible sports promos and Olympic competitions. Many times the first 30 seconds or less is all an editor would listen to before deciding to move on um, or listen further. And I got to say, I'm proud of whichever screener wrote that because they were right on the money. Mm -hmm. That was an awesome piece of music. I can't imagine that being used uh, for whatever, emotional uplifting and sports promos or Olympic competitions. It could be used for she tore her Achilles tendon and and. <laughs> had had to go back to Peoria, <laughs> but you know, that kind of Olympics, the, right. you were in the Olympics, but not right. you're still in the Olympics. So, um, well, I think the key the key there was the first thirty seconds. I get. I think the ultimately what's wrong with that piece is I just took way too long to get to the uplifting por portion. You know, it gets uplifting when the when the, the big toms come in and all that kind of stuff and the high violins. But it just took way too long to get to that. And that was that was really what was wrong with this. Yeah, because it was a great piece of music. Everybody was right. OK, and this one is. <laughs> Everybody was right. <laughs> See, I, I could have been a family therapist. You're all right. All um, right. All right, uh, this one is called Reaching Up, also mysteriously enough by Greg Carroza. <laughs> Good title, by the way.
Excellent. Um, yeah, this one did get forwarded. Uh, basically, the premise of the show leads us to the first one didn't get forwarded, here's why not. The second one got forwarded, and here's why. Um, so what do you want to tell us about that one? Well, I'm pretty sure these listings were a little different from each other. But one thing about this one reaching up is that uh, I, I think I remember that it was meant to be, it was it was asked to be basically on based on piano, no percussion, that kind of thing. So that's why you hear those differences between those two pieces. I didn't use any percussion in that piece. And it started with piano and piano was remained through the whole piece. Um, but it definitely was uplifting and not melancholy. You know, that was kind of the, the mood was, was more right. Um, and so that was the key. Uh, at least I think it got forwarded. <laughs> yeah. And it was totally pro and, and, and you couldn't pinpoint anything about it that didn't work. It fired on all cylinders, as they say. Um, Andre Stepanian asked earlier, uh, which libraries do you believe are must-haves for hip-hop and EDM? Do you have any preference or recommendations? That's a great question. Um, I use I use so many different things. It just depends on, on what I'm going for. Um, I, uh, I most recently started using um, XO by uh, XLN Audio, which has been really, um, really good at being able to organize the sounds that you're using. Um, but I also use um, Alum uh, Arcade from Output. Mm. Uh, got a, there's a lot of great material in there, um, lots of ideas. Like I said, I don't usually use loops as is, but you know, I get a lot of um, I get a lot of good ideas from there for sure. They came that close to being a sponsor of the Road Rally last year. I hope I can get them this year because I I think a lot of that company they're a, mm -hmm. a good company. They put out great products. I also love their desks that they put out there, uh, mm -hmm. gear desks. My son-in-law uh, I think knows the CEO and he got one and it's slick. Anyway, um, and Michelle Lane wants to know, uh, what are your favorite recommended orchestral libraries? What did you use on that one, if you remember? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, since I don't do a ton of it, I really didn't, I really haven't invested a lot in that. Um, I'm probably using, like a while back for other, for other sounds, I think I got... Um, I got Sample Tank Four from IK Multimedia, mm -hmm. so I'm probably using the I'm probably using the orchestral sounds from there. Uh, okay, for the most part. Um, yeah. So they're not like they're not like super. They're certainly not super high end. Like you could spend a ton of money with Spitfire, and all their sounds are obviously fantastic. Um, but with the amount of it that I do, I haven't really invested heavily in in those kind of sounds. I remember thinking as I heard the high violins in that one, the, and I'm a retired engineer, and I've done a lot of actual string dates, and I really liked the timbre and texture of the high string part in there. It sounded authentic and um, all by its lonesome, had an emotional quality to it because of the timbre and texture, so good job on that. Awesome. You know, another part about doing strings, and I don't know if we're gonna, I'm looking down the list, Probably it's not going to come up in any other any other track, so I can say it real quick right here. Um, part of it is playing parts that are natural to that instrument. Mm 
Right. I mean, that actually, it may not, that doesn't go for strings. It goes for just about any instrument, really. So, you know, when you start playing a, you know, a violin part and it's too low in the register or, you know, it's, it's crossing over strings that you'd never do or that kind of stuff, you could have the most realistic sounding samples there are. And that's going to sound terrible because it's not what a player would play. And conversely, and this, there's a minimum here, but conversely, if you have parts that are natural and would be what a player would play, you can get by with lesser quality samples because it sounds like those instruments would be playing those parts that they're playing. You know, one yeah. of the, especially the keys to strings, um, I, I, mean, I am a cellist, although I haven't really been a cellist for quite a long time, but uh, I did learn way back in the day that you know, to, to orchestrate strings is to kind of treat every part like it is a melody. And then um, when you put them all together, uh, you know, they sound like a group. But if you listen to any one of them, it could actually stand by itself. And if you do that kind of a thing, then you're usually going to have good string arrangements. Um, particularly, again, you know, you don't want to jump all over the place and a high note, then a low note and back to the middle. You know, you keep it kind of flowing. And, um, and that's usually what works out. Well, it's, I didn't know that you were a cellist, but I, I don't really care about your religious or political beliefs. <laughs> I don't care if you it's belong really to a appropriate. <laughs> I don't believe that, or I don't care if you're in a cult, Greg. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that was all very well said. I've heard that uh, Dean Crepain said that like three years ago, and I had him on the show. And he's kind of a little bit famous for making really good sounding tracks with just the cheapest, like crappiest sample libraries stuff that's like laughingly old but he knows how to use it well and he respects that rule yeah. of you know don't play a cello part on a violin it's not going to sound right so exactly thank you for sharing that all right moving on um now we're going to hear it's funny if you look at the waveform on reaching up you can actually just see it go up absolutely yeah. you if I were an editor and I saw that waveform and I were looking for something with an emotional build, I, I would be drawn to that just because of the waveform. All right, uh, this one's called Alter Ego. That was cute and creative. Thank you. 
I was hoping that was the end. <laughs> and you wrote it. Uh, by the way, somebody yeah. asked earlier, does Greg mix and master his own stuff? And the answer is yes. Um, I don't even have to ask him that because I know that. Um, and by the way, that last one that we listened to was investigative tension. So mm. the screener said, uh, or no, uh, what did I just play? Um, Alter ego. Alter ego. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, investigative tension. Screener said, good pulsing synth to help build anticipation. Unfortunately, the cue takes too long to build, and it becomes a bit repetitive and never really reaches a pinnacle to evoke real tension, danger, conflict, and distress. So I, I was listening to that going, I could see somebody looking through a microscope at a virus listening to that. Mm -hmm. But the screener looked beyond where, yeah, it would work for that. They wanted it to be better than the rest and mentioned stuff they felt you were missing. Did you agree with the screener? Yeah, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> right after some of that, right? <laughs> right after I punched the wall. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. I did, yeah, it, it, Hope again, I didn't need uh, that. Just like in one of the previous tracks, I, I took too long to get to uh like the change mm. which is you know I, I i learned also along the way not from this feedback but i learned along the way um from the great uh, steve barden that these kind of cues should really be done like an a b section kind of a thing um as opposed to what i do with with hip-hop and pop and um those kind of things where i usually do kind of like a b which is a breakdown section and then back to a so mm -hmm. this is more like this should be a little bit more a b or a only you know depending upon what's needed but and so in this case i really kind of did it a b and that's that was you know it was it was the worst of both combinations it was <laughs> going to stay the same you know it needed to stay the same in an interesting way and if it was going to change it needed to change sooner and so i failed to do either with this track wow it, it's really good that you are able to self-analyze maybe the the screener gives you a prompt and makes you look but your your analysis of your own work is better than most people would do i think so hats off to you buddy well thanks but that's definitely you know in hindsight because like i said at the beginning of the show i thought this stuff was great and i sent it in right and so you know it took me you know it took a lot of time afterwards to really figure out well you know why is that what it why is that not good enough and and how do i do better yeah but and titles know. is another thing titles is another thing i mean a lot of my original my first titles here are just kind of stupid um i try to get i've tried to get better at that over time it's a, it's a really hard thing but it is an important thing well, i would say on the whole titles that that means something your, your titles on the whole are better than most people's. So you, the fact that you're paying attention to that, working at it, shows off or shows. Well, shows. it's not like song number, you know, 12. <laughs> right. Midnight mix, no coffee. Right. 
I went right. through a period where I thought any I, I could make a title out of basically any adjective and any noun, any two a two word title out of any adjective and noun. Um, I have some like that. Um, they stink. <laughs> Funny sheep. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. Or in Cass right. McKenty's case, it would be hysterical goats. Um, right. Okay. So now we're moving on to magic energy. Oh, we didn't play. You didn't play the oh. um, the forward track. Which was Outbreak? It's called, it's called Outbreak, yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, all right, here Better we go. Better title, this, too. This is, yeah, I thought for some reason <laughs> the last one I played. Oh, last one was Alter Ego. This one's Outbreak. Got it. Here we go. Right. Excellent. Okay. Um, so you could you could hear there like that break right in the middle of the track, um, A B. Um, you know, I've added a, a brought in like a, a completely new melody element for the for the second for the B section, and yet the and yet the intensity continues to rise through the whole through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so that's what you know different from the first track entirely. Um. Question for you from Greg Vaughn. Uh, in 90 seconds to two minutes, in a 90 second to two minute queue, how long would you spend in the B section? That's a valid question. A good question, I mean. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so if I'm doing ABA tracks, um, well, obviously it depends on the tempo, of course. So it's usually, it's usually a musical amount of time. Um, so usually 16 bars is what I do and then kind of go back. Okay. But if it's, you know, if it's extremely slow, that might be a little too long and I try to make it 12, but generally 16 or on the flip side, if it's really upbeat EDM, like 130 beats a minute, then that might take another, another eight bars to really, you know, be enough time. But generally that's all. And do you ever finish a cue, listen to it and go, wow, I totally nailed it. And then the next day you listen to it and go, 
that's just way too slow or way too fast. It's like, ah, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. 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 Mostly it's too, yeah, mostly it's uh, too slow. I usually, I, I find myself speeding things up after I do them. Um, and I think, uh, again, I guess it depends on the genre, but I'll, I'll find myself feeling, oh, this is really groovy. This is really groovy. And then I come back to it and say, ah, it just drags. You know, it would definitely be improved by, by being a few beats per minute faster. For sure. Right. Uh, okay. Now we're on to Magic Energy. And this was the one that got returned. Let's have a listen. Mm-hmm. got a comment which is alex hightower just said this feels very temptation island to me i like it too busy maybe alex you need to stop watching that show it's trash it makes the kardashians look like they like they're mensa members <laughs> nice yeah Sounds about no, right. no more listings from that show um sorry <laughs> anyway um okay so what the screener said on that one was your beats don't have the driving rhythmic style that stands out enough developing the per the percussion edgier and in a style that drives the energy and vibe of the track would be ideal for this spot so this must have been for a, a tv commercial i have a very specific request the beat would need to stand out more rhythmically the track isn't exciting enough to be as uh, as standout as it needs to be 
I've got to say, uh, there were a lot of cool things in that track. It, it, it was really good, but I immediately said, I would just have the beat like, you know, needs to be much ballsier. Most of the rhythm was happening in the keyboard part, not in mm -hmm. the beat. So right. anyway, uh, your feelings? Right, yeah, it was all just four and a floor kick, not, and I didn't do a whole lot else with the rhythm. And the whole middle section went on too long, that's for sure. I didn't get back to, you know, bi a bit biggerness uh, soon enough either. Bigger, biggerness? Um, bigger, biggerness. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. <laughs> more, bi more biggerness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, but you can uh, see that, I mean, I'm starting to incorporate things like little vocal sounds. Um, mm-hmm not not lyrics but like vocalizations um that's extremely popular now in a bunch of styles you know it's in my hip-hop tracks it's in my pop tracks in my edm tracks so um so even that was even though that was in there um i just didn't nail it on the beat aspect uh troy cummings just for your uh oh did you resubmit some of these i see i thought you said did you submit some of these um did you resubmit any of these um actually um i'm taking a i'm taking a look at like this this one this one i actually um this one i signed with a publisher who asked me for a couple other tracks and said do i have anything like it and i said sure and i didn't i would figured why change it just let him hear it and let him say change it he said this is great and took it wow <laughs> so so i guess like i said it wasn't it, it didn't meet it didn't meet this particular uh listing for those those rhythmic aspects but um it it met what the specific publisher wanted to, in the group of tracks that I gave him. So, so I didn't change you, this one. I signed it as is. My least favorite thing about running Taxi all these years is when somebody posts online, yeah, this track didn't get forwarded when I submitted it, but it got picked up by a publisher six months later. Well, of course, the publisher may listen to it and go, I could get this place someday. Something might come in or their client base uses a lot of that kind of music. Whereas when it was submitted for the taxi listing, it was something very specific, especially if it was right. for a TV commercial, the bar was probably like super high because the payday was also very high. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, a lot of good stuff. I'm telling you, even your bad stuff is pretty darn good. Um, yeah, it so is. I don't, I don't suck. I, it took no. me a while to get to that realization. And now that's, that's basically how I introduce myself to others. I uh, I don't suck. Right. It's kind of, kind of I'm like right going, above, I'm right above sucking. <laughs> it's like going to AA. My name is Greg. Uh, you know, yes. my name is Greg, and I don't suck. I don't suck. <laughs> Somehow right. I can make some music that some people think is okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one is uh, the more recent, better version of something called Bring Up. Yeah.
I like that one. Everybody liked that one. You know, it, it's so yeah, funny because the previous one certainly didn't suck. <laughs> but everybody's right. like, well, that's pretty good, you know. And then you hear this and go, okay, now I understand the difference between A and A+. Uh, I used to have a very close friend. Uh, I guess we're still friends. We just don't keep in touch much. But his name was Marshall Altman, and he was... Um, in a band called Farmer that was somewhat successful. I think they were signed to maybe Capital. Uh, and then he eventually became an A&R person at Capital and then went on to be an A&R person at Columbia Records. Very well known in A&R circles, spoke at many road rallies. We were regular golf partners practically every Friday when the weather was nice. And Marshall used to always say, um, the floor is bad. He, in the ballroom, he would point to the floor and say, the floor is bad. The ceiling is good. The sun is great. It, it, so true. And that was the sun that we just heard. It was so obvious how much better. There was nothing wrong, really, with that. the one before it. This one was just much better. Right. Good job. Yeah, now that one's been that one's been placed in like three different shows so far, as far as I know, um, and it's really yeah, it really only comes from that. It's just got a high level of energy. It's just it's just up there, and it's uh, I don't know where it came up with the idea to kind of break down the middle section to cut time. Um, I mean, half time. I'm sorry, but um, you know, I guess the tempo was so high, I thought I could still get away with that, and I I, I think I had a usage where they just used the they just used the bridge. Mm-hmm. which was totally different from the beginning of the track but um but yeah it goes back to those vocal samples and that kind of stuff you know that's somebody what kind of asked the melody somebody asked can you use vocal samples and in instrumentals my answer to that would be as long as they're non-lyrical mm-hmm. um you know oohs ahs maybe even like a, a word or something like that they just can't be a lyric and tell a story would you say that's a fair statement yeah, I mean, it's what I what I did there in that track was kind of string together syllables of uh, like I think it's like a blah 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 sound, you know. <laughs> so I just used that. I just used that, played a melody, put a little effects on it, you know, that kind of stuff to kind of make it a little bit more um, like a, a seamless kind of a sound and not so percussive. So it has like that vocal quality without being singing. You know, I, I'm actually going to sample you doing blah 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 <laughs> and and use that as my ringtone. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> that was great. Um, okay, so now we're moving on to uh, and somebody asked. Yes, everything we played. The first one didn't get forwarded. The second one did get forwarded. Now remember, forwarding has not that much to do with quality. Obviously, if it sucks, our word of the day, our drink word of the day. Uh, <laughs> if it if it's if it's terrible, it's not getting forwarded. But there are plenty of times where stuff is good. It can't be forwarded. I'm going to give the shoe store analogy. I used to sell shoes. If a lady came into the shoe store and said, "I need a size seven and a half B Potoswap pump um, to match my uh, bridesmaid dress for a wedding next week and I brought out a gentleman's uh, Cordovan penny loafer bass Weijin in a nine and a half D yes they're both shoes and they're both damn good shoes but that lady couldn't wear the penny loafer to the wedding unless she was trying to make a statement okay moving on this one is called mischief ensues great title 
Screener said, by the way, that was Urban Dramedy is the Style, Mischief Ensues was the title, very appropriate. And the Screener said, I think this is a little repetitive and needs more sectional development. Avoid repeating sections as is without adding another significant layer, sound, instrument, or voice. The pitsy strings are good, but I'd add some more layers to them as you progress, especially as you get closer to the end. Like, Sounds Screeners about are, right. Yeah, they're doing their job. That was great yeah. advice. Like that flute, like that flute section. You know, it goes on twice as long as it should. You know, I should have changed that up uh, to a different instrument or added something to it, uh, and not come back to it later. Um, and then the end, I really didn't build it up any bigger than using the same pizzicato strings. I think what I thought. I think what I thought I was doing was um when i toward the end i dropped everything and went just to the pizzicato strings where at the beginning of the track i i think the hand clap is in from the very beginning or maybe right. the hi-hat and the hand clap are in from the very beginning um so i thought that i was creating something bigger at the end by having something less before it and that tends mm. to work uh generally uh didn't work this time <laughs> okay um but usually that's a thing, you know, sometimes when somebody wants something to be bigger, um, a lot of the times you can achieve that by may, making what preceded, preceded it smaller. It, um, it's just hard to have pitsy strings kind of, in, 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 you know, be bigger, right? Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like can a sparrow be bigger than an eagle? Right. So really. what I could have done there, what, what I probably should have done there, like the very last time through, is um, maybe double it with an octave higher. Uh, maybe change it from pizzicato to spiccato, where you're just playing really short on the bow, so this sounds different, but the melody is the same. Um, or add like another uh, another uh, contrapuntal line with a different 
with a different sound, you know, kind of thing. So just yeah. make it be fuller. Um, but I did, I think I did none of those. <laughs> in this hey, track. And, and once again, watch your language. There are kids watching. Yes, so. you're right. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so everybody uh, contrapuntals there. <laughs> um, uh, you know, um, cellos uh, at a really low octave could have added some beef to that. I don't know, whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. there are a bunch of ways to accomplish, but the screener was right that it just, it, it was almost delicate or something at the end. Um, Ewart had a question when you, uh, and this probably I should take this, but you know the answer. Uh, when you resubmit something, can or does the screener know that it was submitted previously and returned? Um, the answer to that, Eward, is no. The screeners are pretty much in the dark. Um, they don't know. It could be that the same screener might have returned it on a previous listing, but they don't know what other screeners did, so they're not influenced by that at all. Okay, now we're going to listen to Puzzle Pieces, which is what Greg created after he became so incredibly knowledgeable and enlightened. <laughs> I, see, I did. I didn't remember this, but I did there. I did there in that piece exactly what I said I didn't do in the first one. When it came to the ending, there is I added another like a cello part that was in between the melody. I went up uh, another octave and and had another octave of violins above the the first melody, and that just made the ending sound a little bit bigger. Without not obviously not huge, but but bigger right. than the beginning. Yeah, it, it was clearly just a better piece. This is real. I'm so, so glad that you said yes and agreed to do this because this is very educational. I wish every single taxi member would watch this because they'd go, oh, I'm guilty of many of the things that he was guilty of, you know, earlier in his career as well. And it's not to put anybody down or make them feel bad. This is all uplifting, really. Um, yep. 
Uh, okay, so we've got a couple more to go. That was Puzzle Pieces. This one is called, this is Tropical Pop, and it's called Breezy Sunset. Great title. Another great track that doesn't suck. <laughs> Thanks. That had so many charm. That had so much charm to it, and I love the um, the melody synth or synth melody, if you speak English. Uh, it almost sounds like spoken word or something. I mean, it sounds like somebody's singing, um, and it lends itself to making you feel like there's a human involved in the track when it's just fingers on a keyboard awesome anyway uh so the screener said you might amplify your transitions with more build-ups and drops and work on achieving a more dynamic mix perhaps more distinct effects treatments on certain elements like the vocal sample see i disagree i like the vocal sample <laughs> <laughs> well yeah anyway. that, was, that was early on and and i again i was like just just starting to get the clue that I should use those vocal kinds of sounds. And I guess I was treating them in a, a little plainly um, and transitions from section to section. I, again, I was just learning that what, what to do, particularly in this style of tropical pop, it's a little bit different. You know, it's done a lot more with the drums and not necessarily other kinds of sounds. And, um, and then there was that part where I just kind of stopped. You thought it was the end, but it actually wasn't. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that was wrong. You know, like I, I shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> 
I've got uh, to you know, say, it should have had like it should have had like a bass sound that dropped down, or it probably should have been half as long as it was. The music, the rest should have come in sooner. Uh, I probably let that ring out too long. That kind of thing. you know that's a, that brings up a common thing that I hear when people read in the listings. Uh, we've actually taken the words edit points out of a lot of the listings because people were overdoing it, but. If you've ever been to one of our conventions, the Taxi Road Rally, the last two that we did live in person at the Westin LAX, we had a young lady who's a very high-end uh, reality show uh, video editor, and, and she got up on stage. We actually got a segment, a couple of scenes from current reality shows, and some actual music library tracks from a, a working library, and uh, we can't do that you know, on, on YouTube, unfortunately because um, the stuff has to be um, ephemeral. It's like you heard it in the ballroom and then that's all you're going to hear it because it's actual you know, intellectual property. Um, but the point, she made many great points. She was very articulate and, and a very great teacher. Editors love uh, an edit point somewhere where they can, because they don't use, for those of you who are new and, and don't know the, the complete drill yet, they don't use the whole cue. They use nine seconds here, 27 seconds there, 12 seconds, whatever. They cut it to the scene. So they need places where they can get in and where they can get out. That's why they like button or stinger endings. They're like, boom, because that ends on the, they'll do what's called back timing, which is they make that hit on the end of the scene and then back time the track to see, okay, so we came in, 41 seconds ago where where would the track be 41 seconds ago and they try to find a beat they can come in on all those things go into the process so when we have traditionally put the words um you know it's good to have an edit point in the listings edit points can be a full rest um, and sometimes that's very useful to an editor but you have to be careful because sometimes a full rest does exactly what i did on that one which was like Oh, it's over. Nobody thought it was <laughs> over. Yeah. And so the editor might miss the best part of your track when they're in audition mode. So it's on one hand, you want to do it. On the other hand, it can be a dangerous moment. All right. Uh, we are closing in. So now we're going to listen to uh, where, oh Savannah, um, which was the newer, better, more awesomer track. Right.
Awesome. And your thoughts, sir? <laughs> yeah, I like that one better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's just groovy. But it, in terms of, you know, comparing it to the other one, um, you know, again, I didn't have a, the stupid break in the middle that didn't make sense. Um, you know, I kept the feel going throughout the whole thing, even though it broke down a lot. Still using, you know, the vo a vocal kind of effect, but the, it had a different treatment on it. So it was kind mm -hmm. of like uh, really ethereal sounding. And it just kind of fit that rhythm a little bit better. Um, but uh, one thing I did there, uh, just remembering when I was listening to it, um, it probably doesn't sound like it, but uh, to change up the melody uh, in, you know, in each four bars, in the second four bars, I actually uh, shifted it up an octave and shifted it back a sixteenth. So it's like a pre-echo. And wow, the, I, and here's the reason why, and I got the idea um, in a completely different place. I think I was just happened to be listening to like, um, you know, Little Red Corvette where Prince does that. I mean, he did it, he did it like uh, on two different tracks, you know, he wasn't doing it in the machine, but he, he actually made the echo, the, the lyric come before the actual lyric. So um, that just kind of gave me that idea and I tried that and it seemed to work out. It's mixed quieter and it just kind of gives it a different rhythmic feel. Um, so you don't really, it doesn't stand out like that's what's happening, but it just kind of changes it up a little bit. I'm thinking, I'm just digesting, going back to my analog days. Oh. Um, yeah, okay, I'll figure that out when I'm off the clock. All right, I want to let everybody know, I want to go a few minutes long on this just because we've got two more pieces of music to listen to, solo piano stuff that Greg has done. Um, do you guys want to go 15 minutes long and go 45 minutes after the hour so we can get a little more Q&A in with Greg at the end of this? Uh, let me know while we're playing this. Are you okay? I'd love you know, I'm. Huh, I wish I were, but I really can't. I mean, if we go five, six, or seven over, I'm okay. But I've I've got actually another appointment that I couldn't reschedule. I wanted to, but I couldn't. Greg, so, I'm sorry about could, that. What could possibly be more important than taxi TV? I mean, seriously. Um, yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's totally cool. I'm sure we will have you back. But this has just been wonderful. Okay. Uh, now yes, you'll have me back to embarrass myself again in the future. No, next That'll time be, I won't have you great. embarrass yourself. And, and you shouldn't be embarrassed. Everybody thought this was incredibly good. Um, okay, so this is solo piano. This one's called Lost Feelings. typing.
right. Well, I, I definitely think that the typing sound in the track was just abhorrent. <laughs> that was horrible. I really should have taken that out before sending that in. <laughs> Let's see. The screener said, "Oh no, that's actually uh, your your feet on the pe- on the pe- on the pedals of the C7." Yes. Uh, <laughs> frantically I was working the pedal heavily, heavily. <laughs> Um, uh, I like the chord progression, but the listing is clear about asking for high quality sounds from the piano and strings. The piano is boomy and voiced to emphasize the low chord structure, adding to the issues with the sound. I completely agree with that. Um, how did you feel? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, now I, we're... Yeah, I, I was going for like an old kind of a piano sound, but... It was definitely in that, you know, I voice chords low and um, and that was definitely a problem. I've, I've subsequently signed that track with um, with more strings on it, uh, real violin. And uh, and actually, it's Veronica Pellegrini, who's on the who's uh, on the chat, who played violin on it and it raised the key. And that made all the difference in the world. On that awesome. Um, OK, and this one is the new improved solo i'm assuming this is solo piano or close to it uh it's Mm -hmm. called absence is sorrow Almost got you with that, but it yep. was just fast enough. It came back just soon enough. I had also been looking at something online, um, and, and I th- and I wasn't paying attention for like ten seconds, so I thought I better better safe than sorry. Um, 
Anyway, uh, a couple people asked, is that a real piano or a sample? Nope. No real piano. Okay. Um, I think that's probably a combination of pianos. I don't usually use one set of samples. Um, so I think that is probably uh, Addictive Keys by XLN Audio and also um, Alicia's Keys from um, uh, Native Instruments, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's a contact instrument. So, yeah, it's probably some blend of those two pianos together. Sounded great. Um, and, and, you know, many people I know that get complimented on their piano sounds will say that they've blended. Um, our screeners are actually pickier than I am. Sometimes I hear um, complaints from members where the, the screener said the piano sounded like a sample to me. And I listen to it and go, that sounds fine. Um, and ultimately, the screeners turn out to be right. If you listen again, second pass, go, oh, you know, a lot of samples don't have air in them. Um, mm -hmm. There's something about moving air in a room. And, and I'm sure that they mic them great. They're great sounding pianos, really top-notch engineers. But somehow they do sound, they don't sound electronic or mechanical. They just sound sampled. Um, so I, I know that a lot of people do that. Well, this has been great. Um, uh, once again, thank you for your generosity and, and courage sure. and letting everybody hear your bad stuff sounds better than a lot of people's better stuff. So there's <laughs> that. But no, highly educational. I can't remember the last time I saw so much enthusiasm in the chat room um, for a taxi TV. So I'm going to push this one hard. Awesome. Maybe, um, maybe I'll stick this in the newsletter uh, toward the end of this month. Normally, I wait and send things out a couple months after they've aired. But this one needs to be heard and seen. So good well, job I'm, on I'm glad to help any members I can with, you know, whatever mistakes I've made. <laughs> well, uh, this was highly educational and uh, I always enjoy having you on the phone. Greg and I have, have become friends over a year, you know, uh, and yeah, uh, you get it. I, I, I love the fact that you've always understood that the screeners aren't here to hurt you or be a gatekeeper and keep you out. They're here to enable you and get you in. And I think that just acknowledging that and working with them almost like a partner has helped you um, progress really fast in the short amount of time that I've known you anyway. So there you go. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I will see all of you guys back here tomorrow at 4 o'clock for a quarantine happy hour. Um, that's it. Same time, same station. Greg, thanks once again. And you bye, you guys. Thank you all for asking great questions. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Subscribe if you're not already a subscriber. And we will see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Bye-bye.